Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 215. In this week's show, I am so honored to be featuring an interview with Dr. Julie Kinn. She is a clinical psychologist, and she works at the U.S. Department of Defense. It is such a treat having her on the show as she talks about what she describes as the best job in the whole wide world. (laughs) She and her team get to work on creating apps and podcasts and other tech ops for the Department of Defense. And they do this to support sleep, meditation and mindfulness, breathing, ongoing pain and stress and anxiety and depression For those people in the armed forces, for veterans, and all of these tools are available to the general public. Anyone can use them for free. The other really fun thing that we talk about is a partnership that she and her team have with Sesame Street and how they've built a couple of apps for military kids. And we talk a lot about sleep, which is always a great discussion topic at this time of the year because, hi, I'm tired. (laughs) So before we get to the interview, I want to wish you a very warm welcome and say hello. I am so glad that you are tuning in this week. I hope that you had a lovely Thanksgiving if you're here in the U.S. and you celebrated and uh, that you're easing your way into the holiday season, which seems to be right away in full force here. If you're new to the show, uh, welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy. It is a podcast in its fifth season, and we look at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that are involved with bringing joy to your everyday. If you want to find out more about the show, you can check out the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can find show notes, which list the very long list of podcasts and apps that Julie's team work on. And those are at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Julie Kin. And she spells her last name with two N's. Or you can go to the homepage and it'll be linked up right there. While you're on the site, there are a few fun and interesting things that are going on right now. (laughs) And one of them is that my dear friend Christy Tending and I will be leading an in-person joyful self-care mini retreat on December 8th, which is Sunday at 1.30 p.m. And this is a live event, which will be held in Oakland, California. So if you are local here, head to jumpstartyourjoy.com. You will see a button for the retreat itself and you can sign up right there. It's only $20 and you can bring a friend, which is like the best thing ever. We're actually donating all of the proceeds from this to a couple of really lovely charities as well. So check that out at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And while you're there, you can also sign up for my newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. And each week I send out my thoughts, and the behind the scenes on what goes on as I talk to each of these guests. It is so much fun to get to share that with you guys. And it's lovely because people write me back and we have all sorts of fun conversations about that. You can find the newsletter at the bottom of any show notes or you can find it on the front page of the website as well. So let's jump in here. It's so cool to have Dr. Julie Kin on the show. I mean, 
from a couple of perspectives, what really stood out for me is it's so interesting to see how a clinical psychologist can also be totally immersed in technology and how those two worlds can merge. If you guys are multi-passionates, I know that many of you are, it's interesting to see how people find jobs that fit some of their many interests. And I feel like this is one where Dr. Kin is so well-suited and it's just lovely to hear her describe it. The other thing that I loved so much about this conversation and I know you're going to love it too, is when she talks about sleep and how so many of us think that a lack of sleep on a regular basis is some kind of badge of honor. And that we talk about having only five hours of sleep a night as a sense of pride about that. So I want you to tune into that because she really breaks it down. She calls BS on it. And she also explains the things that you can do to get a better night's sleep, which is one of their podcasts as well. So let's get on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be with you all. Would you tell us what you loved most as a child or in school? What were your earliest sparks of joy? Well, I always liked to make people laugh, and I was definitely a class clown. So I I think trying to turn every opportunity into a performance was probably (laughs) earliest what sparked my joy. So not something I would recommend to others. (laughs) I love it, though. I think there's a lot of connection through humor, you know, like it's definitely is a connection point. I love it. So I'm really excited to have you on because you're part of the DHA and we're going to talk more psychology and kind of impacts around a very certain population. But I know you're also able to kind of stipulate how that might work for the larger population of civilians as well. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you, do you think your listeners know what the DHA is or should I spend a minute talking about that too? I would love to have you explain, yes, what it is okay. that you do and where that's located and kind of who you serve. That'd be wonderful. So uh, yeah, I work within the Department of Defense and the healthcare within the DOD is provided by the Defense Health Agency. So we provide all the healthcare services and administration to all 9 million of the beneficiaries. And so that's our service members, um, but also their families and dependents and some reservists, too. I have the best job in the world. I'm very lucky. Sorry for bragging. But I get to work with a group called DHA Connected Health. And what we do is look at all the technology out there. And every time there's new tech, whether it was mobile apps 10 years ago or podcasts or wearables or anything else, we always say, okay, how can we use this to help with health outcomes? for our beneficiaries. And so we're constantly looking at just really cool, innovative ways that we can improve health while also using the technology that we know our beneficiaries are already using and probably a lot of the things your listeners are already using. Right. That is really awesome because I can only imagine that there's a lot of benefits. What are some of the things that you are super excited about that you can offer to military? And do you work with veterans as well? Everything that we make is free for anyone in the world to use. So although specifically my team focuses on service members and their families, we also partner pretty heavily with veterans, uh, with the Veterans Affairs. So, for example, there's tons of mobile apps out there that my team helped make that are on the VA's app store and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so even though mostly I'm focusing on service members and veterans, Uh, probably most of our mobile app users are actually civilians. For example, our app Breathe to Relax that just teaches deep breathing, diaphragmatic breathing. It's been downloaded millions of times. And 
I'm guessing most of those downloads are from civilians, although we, we did primarily make all these things for military and veterans. It's yeah. kind of cool because everything we make is free and safe and it's made by experts and you know there's no spam or malware in it. You know, it's coming from the United States, but it's still available to, to anyone who wants to use it. That is really cool. Yeah. And what a gift too, that other people can benefit from the expertise that you and the team holds, especially around things like meditation. It's really good for us when civilians use our resources too, because we get a lot of good customer feedback saying, hey, this is an okay app, but if you did this to it, it would be an amazing app. And we always have a backlog going for every app we have, for every podcast we make, every website of all the things we want to do to make it even better. So the more people who test it out and try it, the better these products become. And then ultimately that helps our service members and veterans. But the other thing that's really helpful is that there is unfortunately still stigma against receiving help for behavioral health and other health issues, even like sleep and traumatic brain injury. And so if civilians in the community are, and people who aren't affiliated with the military community at all are, you know, putting, posting on their social media, Hey, here's an app I just learned about. It's called Virtual Hope Box. Set it up on a good day. Use it on a bad day. It, it'll help you feel better. <laughs> then they're not only helping the service members and veterans in their life and, and getting this app out there, they're also helping reduce stigma by talking about mental health. Um, so it, it's great to have everybody using it. That's wonderful. And would you explain for us what you mean by behavioral health and, and what that sure. encompasses? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's funny. I'm laughing a little bit because people who are clinical psychologists like myself oftentimes will call mental health behavioral health okay. because we frankly think it, it sounds friendlier than saying mental health. But now it, it's kind of biting us because everyone else still calls it mental health. And so it just <laughs> makes us really confusing. So yes, when I say behavioral health, I mean mental health, basically psychological disorders. So that could be anything from clinical depression, clinical anxiety, all the way to just stress reduction. All of that fits into mental health, behavioral health. And it's some of the things that we all deal with on a day-to-day basis as being a human being. Unfortunately, we're all at times going to be depressed or angry or anxious or sleepy. But especially when it gets to the point where it's really disrupting your life, your wellness, disrupting school or jobs, that's when when you definitely want to seek care. But where this kind of technology can be so helpful is in those in-between parts. If, for example, if you're having your own experience of symptoms of depression, feeling sad, feeling like it's hard to get out of bed, then looking at a mobile app or website to help you learn more about it helps you kind of dip your toe in the water to then get more care if needed. Also, mobile apps, podcasts, things like that, they're so helpful after seeing a physician or a care provider, too. Because sometimes when you're talking to your doctor, let's say it's sleep, sleep disorders. You know, so many of us experience problems with sleep. It's hard to remember every single thing your doctor says when they're telling you their advice. So having a podcast to listen to afterwards really helps solidify that information, like the A Better Night's Sleep podcast is one of ours. And that's exactly why we started it. Although it's become a lot more, the very initial reason was 
they thought, okay, people leave the doctor's office and then they forget everything or forget 90% or if they're like me, they forget 90%. Let's make a podcast just to make it really easy to remember the most important stuff. And then a better night's sleep became just a question and answer podcast where our listeners would say, hey, uh, here's a weird question for you. What do you think? And our experts respond. So it's become a lot more. But the idea of using technology to, to make it as easy as possible to improve health. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I took a quick look and listened at the, a better night's sleep. And it really is like, oh. that's fascinating. Those are all the questions that I have about sleep and <laughs> immediately learned that maybe I shouldn't have my dog in the bed with me, but <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know if we can break him of that habit now. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many conditions that people don't even ask for help for, like sleep, because they just figure, oh, yeah, I'm tired, but that's because I'm an adult. But there really are things we can do to, to make it better, make our quality of life better. What have you guys seen in around the A Better Night's Sleep? I imagine a lot of it is from the civilian population, but I, are there some key takeaways that you could share about sleep and and how that impacts someone's enjoyment of their day or how to get better yeah. sleep? <laughs> no, I'm hearing two big questions. Like one is like, what's really the result here of having poor sleep quality? Mm-hmm. And, and the other being like, okay, so now what do we do about it? Exactly. And, and for the first side of it, the, the thing that's been really stunning to me as I'm looking at the data in both civilian and military populations is just the safety issue. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that sleep affects mood, right? I mean, you can look at any toddler and figure that out, that when they're tired, things are going to go bad. And unfortunately, that's how it is with us grownups too, that when we're sleepy, we feel more depressed, more anxious. It's hard to concentrate. So I, I always knew about like the individual repercussions. But what I didn't realize is how much it affects the rest of us due to safety on the job, which is really important, but also driving. So vehicle accidents that are related to sleep deprivation is pretty scary. And then when you think of that, like together with young drivers who just started driving, maybe just started drinking alcohol, still kind of learning how to balance that too, plus being sleep deprived, that's pretty scary. So to me, that's the thing that always sticks out to me is distracted drivers who are also sleepy. Oh, that's a bad combination. But I I don't think people are going out there deliberately thinking, oh, I'm going to lose sleep tonight. Ha ha. And then drive around. I mean, obviously, (laughs) everyone would like to feel wide awake. But the the other thing that, that I found is that there's just such pride, unfortunately, in being sleep deprived. Like, I think you've probably heard conversations before where people are like, oh, yeah, well, I only got five hours of sleep. You know, and no one walks around bragging, hey, guess what? I got eight hours last night. Aren't I amazing? It, it just makes us feel strong and tough to be able to get by on very little sleep. But unfortunately, it's pretty bad news for your health. It helps, makes us gain weight, makes us get sick more frequently. There's, there's lots and lots and lots of bad results. But but the good news is there's also lots of things that people can do to make it better. Um, There's not just one trick, unfortunately. There's a lot of different tricks that people can try. And I think just making a couple changes a month, uh, by the end of a year, you will be sleeping dramatically better. It's hard to make all the changes right at the same time. The, The big thing I would encourage is that, one, people actually speak to their healthcare provider about it. I I hear from doctors that people don't mention it, or if they do, it's at the very end as they're walking out the door. Oh, by the way, I also can't sleep. So bring it up. 
But the other thing is, is do some research on your own, you know, look into some apps that can teach you more. So for example, one of the apps we made with the VA is called the CBTI coach app. That stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia app. So again, that's just the letter CBTI coach. And and it'll tell all about some of the basics of insomnia and uh, gives a sleep prescription for someone and helps them start logging their sleep and building that insight and then finding just a couple of little changes here and there that are achievable. And I would never expect any of my patients to make 20 changes all at once to get perfect sleep. It's just unrealistic. But changing one or two things at a time can really make a big impact. I know for me personally, just working on the A Better Night's Sleep podcast, I learned so much more about sleep than I ever knew. Or I didn't even know some of these disorders existed, like sexomnia. And I think episode 17 kind of blew my mind. But uh, just learning more. And my sleep has never been better because, you know, I, I want to practice what I preach. And I'm hearing from all these experts. So it, it's really a phenomenal change. And it's one of those changes that then starts to trickle down to other areas of your life. With better sleep, you're in a better place to be around your loved ones. It's easier to deal with stress. Uh, your reaction time is better. Again, back to safety. You're able to concentrate, do better on the job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sleep is a good hobby, and I, I highly recommend it. I find it really interesting because I think a lot of people don't fully understand some of the breadth of what the Department of Defense and I mean, not that you guys are directly related, like with the Air Force Academy, but my dad yeah. taught there and he taught philosophy and it was during the Vietnam War. So he was teaching about the effects of war and, and all of that on somebody who's going over to Vietnam and going to be an Air Force pilot. So it seems like there is an intent to also care for those people who are putting it all on the line for all of us all the time. And I mean, it feels like that mindfulness app kind of is the same thing. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you prepare for this population that is, I mean, there's a lot of vulnerability in doing what our armed forces do. I completely agree. It might surprise people at first to find out about all the different kinds of programs and services that the Department of Defense, that the Defense Health Agency provides. It definitely surprised me 10 years ago when I started working here. It was so different from my stereotype in my mind of what you know military health care would be like. Mm-hmm. It really is so innovative and open to trying different things. Uh, for an example, meditation and mindfulness practices. I think these days, almost every service member at some point is going to get training education on how to do mindfulness, mm-hmm. on how to do deep breathing, um, maybe even yoga, if that's what's interesting to them. Uh, this is not unusual. We are recognizing, I mean, we're a very research-minded organization. So if you know, we're looking at the research and it looks like, yeah, developing a mindfulness practice helps with outcomes for PTSD. It helps develop less stress. It helps with family relationships. Let's do it. And so we're doing it. Uh, That's part of why we made the Military Meditation Coach podcast, which some of your listeners might like who are into meditation. Uh, What we found was that a lot of people had tried one or two different kinds of meditation or mindfulness or relaxation, but there's such a huge variety. We wanted to make it available for everybody. So what we did was went around to just the experts all around the military saying, give us your best recordings of your favorite mindfulness exercises, whatever they are, just give them to us. And then we reviewed them with experts to make sure they were good and gave a little introduction. And all the podcast is, 
just, you know, 30 seconds of introduction and then a variety of mindfulness or meditation exercises so that listeners can try ones that are three minutes long, ones that are 45 minutes long, loving kindness meditation or meditation for sitting with difficulties or body scan or a guided meditation, you know, all these different kinds of things like imagery, no imagery. Uh, we have one coming out that that's specifically for kids to teach diaphragmatic breathing, that deep belly breathing. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten such a good response from it because now people can either listen to the podcast and get a new meditation every week, or they can find the one that really hits the mark for them and then just keep listening to that one over and over. Mm-hmm. But this certainly isn't maybe what most civilians would think of when they think of, okay, how's the government providing health care to our military? But certainly, we're really open to trying different things and also responding to the needs of our beneficiaries. You know, if a beneficiary writes to us and says, I'd like a podcast on X, Y, or Z, then that goes on the, that backlog list I was talking about. We want to be responsive to that. As long as it has evidence-based and, and can really help people, then we'll try to make it. That's so cool, too, that there's that ability to react to someone's inquiry, because I'm sure if they're out in the field, they're running into things or they're like, I could really use some support around this kind of a situation. And then so yes. amazing to know you guys are there and you're like, okay, we'll create that. And then I know you guys also have worked with Sesame Street to create a couple of apps yeah. for kids. Would you like to kind of give an overview of what that is? And some of the data behind it or like whatever you really think is the coolest aspect of it. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. So yeah, that's definitely with us here at DHA Connected Health. We work with Sesame Street to make resources for military kids. Military kids, they have to move very often. Uh, Service members tend to move every three years. There's some variation there. And kids don't always move with the parents. Sometimes the parent will move and the rest of the family stays put. But in general, military kids move far more often than civilian kids. And even though our military kids are remarkably resilient, I mean, it's an incredible population of kids, it's still hard to move. No matter how resilient you are, that's a tough thing. It's also hard to be separated from your parents if they're on deployment or on a training mission. And the the operational tempo, the um, like the schedule that our service members have can be difficult too. Sometimes kids won't see a parent for a while, even though they're living in the same house, because Dad might be working at night for a while. Yeah, so there's a lot of different stressors on on military kids. Uh, and it can lead to a little bit more anxiety and depression than kids in other populations um, during those times. So we partnered with Sesame Street in particular to make a few apps. The one that is most amazing that I love best is called Breathe, Think, Do, mm-hmm. where you help a little monster with the most difficult situations in his life, which is uh, waiting in line for a slide or getting frustrated while trying to tie his shoe. And the child uses this app, free app, totally secure, fantastic app by Sesame Street, Breathe, Think, Do, to help the monster learn how to do deep breathing and just take a breath. And so, of course, what's happening there is the child's learning the skill that they can use themselves. But also, if a parent or caregiver is helping the kid with the app, then they also learn this way to talk about breathing and taking a break. And a lot of times just kind of giving parents and caregivers and teachers methods of communicating about some of these difficult topics is what's really helpful. Another fantastic app we made with Sesame 
that my kids used to fight over when they were little. It's called the big moving adventure. Uh, and of, of course, like I said, moving is, is the number one stressor that our, our military kids talk about. And basically you help a little monster move from one military installation to a new one. And uh, other than the dad being in Air Force gear, there's really nothing about the app that makes it only military. I think any civilian child just probably wouldn't even notice that. So it's a good app for anybody. But you help the monster go through the whole process of moving and processing emotions along with the logistics of moving and picking the favorite toy to ride with you in the car all the way to the new place and saying goodbye and saying hello. And the most fun part of that app is you get to create your own Muppet. So that's the part my kids used to fight over. But um, the big moving adventure is, is just an incredible app because unfortunately, there's not a lot of other stuff like this out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we make some of these resources because we wish it existed. And, uh, you know, when, when we look at a problem area, if there's already good technology out there, if we're not going to recreate the wheel, well, you know, direct people to the good stuff, that sometimes it just doesn't exist. So, for example, there, there aren't a lot of good resources out there for children to understand what it's like to have a parent with PTSD or for a parent to have a severe injury, like losing a limb or a severe head trauma, or what it's like to lose a parent. Um, although these are common issues in both civilian and military populations, it's just not something that, that there's a lot of development for. So we made a website called Military Kids Connect to help our military children get this sense of community uh, to be able to talk to each other. We have like message boards so they can talk about their favorite bands and their favorite memes and also talk about moving to a new base or whatever is on their mind. But one of the most unique parts of it is a section called Tough Topics, where we take those really tough topics like PTSD, uh, severe, severe injury, death. And we made little animated graphic novels. We have little mini documentaries, you know, 30 seconds of kids talking about their own experience. And the idea isn't just to spread awareness about what is PTSD, but it's to spread awareness about there's ways to get treatment. And the treatment's good. It's not that scary. I I recommend that if you have any listeners who are teachers or care providers or parents to check these out. They're, they're just phenomenal. And unfortunately, there's not a lot else like it on the web yet. But it's a way, again, to help the child learn, but also for the grownups in their life to learn the ways to talk about it. It's, it's not something we get trained on, right? Like how to help your student after um, mom goes through a trauma. That's not part of our training. But watching these videos can be so useful just for everybody. And, and they're well done. You know, kids have a really good uh, meter for for knowing if something is just super dorky and developed by grown-ups <laughs> right. um, and so I, I love these because they really hit that mark of yeah grown-ups made this but they know what they're talking about not oh I gotta watch this horrible video <laughs> so they're good and they get to hear from from other military kids and that's so important that is really cool another recent guest is Oren J. Sofer and he's a mindfulness teacher he's a Buddhist and one of the things he and I talk about is kind of that the way that when you come into a family, I mean, just when you're born into a family, it, it imprints your entire filter for things. So 
I'm just kind of reflecting on how these tools, especially if you have an app and mom and kid are kind of playing with it together and they can see now some new language around how we do meditation or how we can talk about things. Like it really feels like that's like, it's kind of a, a whole new world of now we're learning things together and it makes it okay for mom to talk about it. makes it okay for the child to talk about whatever the topic is. So yeah, I think that's, it's really amazing because lots of times you said we aren't born with the ability necessarily to communicate yeah, about mindfulness yeah. or trauma or like all of that. So, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And is are the website that you mentioned, Military Kids Connect, is that that's open for any kid? Anybody. Yeah. All these resources. It's a cool thing that maybe is less known about the federal government, but whenever we make anything in the federal government, it by law has to be available to everyone. So that's yeah. pretty cool. The the other thing that's really neat about all these resources is that they're available for anonymous use. So all the mobile apps, the websites, everything, we don't know if you're using it. And for our service members, that really helps them feel like, okay, this is something I can use. Mm -hmm. But I I think it helps others too. Uh, As a psychologist who does research, I sure wish I had all that juicy data so I knew exactly how well people are benefiting from these resources. But I I also recognize the value in just being able to use something anonymously. No, it's just on my phone. This data isn't going anywhere. This is just for me. Yeah, because like you mentioned, dipping your toe into something just to see like, ooh, maybe I want to, maybe this is something to try. Uh, I also do work with a fertility doctor and we still see that same thing. Like it's a topic where you might be curious because maybe things aren't going the way you wish they would. But you don't really want it on Facebook. They're like, you're, exactly. you're going to talk to the fertility doctor. So I think that, yeah, there is right. something really nice about being able to be anonymous with your questions about your health in the beginning. And hopefully that leads to the next step if you need to. Right. And together. hopefully, yeah, and hopefully, you know, 10, 20 years from now, it'll be a different story, right? Mm-hmm. The, that the idea of, oh, I can't talk about depression on social media. I mean, for sure, right now, I wouldn't recommend that to people. But hopefully 20 years from now, it's a different discussion. And it's more like talking about sleep disorders. Sure. Yeah. Every once in a while, people get depressed. Every once in a while, people have sleep issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the reasons I talk about, yeah, I've had, I've been diagnosed with PTSD, but you know, it, you can still be functional. And, and it's right. one of those things that's out there and happens to people. And yeah, I mean, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Maybe I should, but I think it's important uh, to know that these are, it's real and it happens to people, you know. No, I think it's wonderful. I, just being able to talk about it reduces that stigma, helps other people find care. And also it's so encouraging because when you don't hear about people successfully living productive, happy lives, despite uh, behavioral health issues, then it, when your own behavioral health issues happen, you're not so sure. So yeah, it's, it's terrific. I'm, I'm really glad you do what you do. <laughs> oh, thank you. Are there other ways to normalize or reduce stigma that all of us can either be aware of? Or is there some of that you might have some suggestions for listeners? Well, I'd I'd suggest that your listeners take today's podcast episode and post it to their social media. Uh, You know, say, hey, you want a good day? Listen to Jumpstart Your Joy. I listened to this interview with this lady who talked fast, couldn't really understand everything she said. But just throwing those resources out there, Mm -hmm. again, it does so much to just get 
to reduce the stigma by having it in just our regular conversations, but also it helps share the resource and that's always valuable. Yeah. Thank you. And I know one of the things, oh, yeah. this, this is more of a general population question, but I would love your read on it. I know one of the big things I've seen in the news recently is that especially like what ages 18 to about 25, there's a huge, you know, it's become almost a debilitating level of anxiety and depression amongst this group of people that are in, in college and high school right now. Is there, I don't know, is there anything either you see about that or that you might have words to suggest that we can help support that group of people? Yeah, it's it's so important to have that awareness. It's a good question. I, I think a lot of people will point the finger at technology as the culprit mm-hmm. for those Issues and and I do think to some extent that's true that overuse of technology can lead to just isolating yourself, right? Why go out and see humans if you can just be on Facebook all the time? But um, I I think it's too easy to just point fingers that way. I mean, we've always had technology for you know the past fifty years, whether it was a telephone or, you know, pager, telephone, and then early internet, and then internet, and then message boards. It's not like technology is this brand new thing. And video games have been around for quite a while. <laughs> I think this new level is, it's something different. I, and I, I don't have the best data to, to give to you. The, the thing I would say is that uh, building awareness is probably the most helpful part. I, I love the apps that help you break down your time that you're spending on different activities on your phone so that you can look at it. And I I think iPhone might already have this built in, but for Android, there's apps out there that'll do this for you. So you can see, oh, wow, I spent today this many minutes on that app. Oh my. And just starting to have that insight Uh, and then tracking it a little bit. It doesn't need to be really sophisticated tracking, but just building some awareness because and mapping it onto how you feel. So for example, Spending a half hour reading through the news will probably make you in a much worse mood than 30 minutes watching cat videos. That's an example there. (laughs) The research does say that reading the news increases our anxiety, reduces our mood, and then it takes like 20 minutes after stopping reading the news to start feeling better, that there's like this residual effect. So you know, the, the news these days isn't always really happy and there's not a lot of good news out there. And this isn't something that's unique to teenagers and young adults. This is something that affects everybody. So building that insight, tracking mood, and just seeing that relationship, I think is a big part of it. The other thing that we can do for the young people in our lives is demonstrate it ourselves because uh, it's hard to say to a teenager, for us parents out there, it's hard to say to a teenager, do you use screens too much? Why are you so addicted to your screens? when we also always have a screen in hand. And I'm saying this while sitting in front of you with two mobile phones, a Kindle, a computer, and two computer screens. So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm definitely falling into this myself. But I think being aware of our, our own areas first uh, and then putting a few little things into place. I, I don't like when when folks try to change too much at once. I think that's a recipe for failure. I think changing little things that are achievable is great. So for example, let's say you are in a family and you feel like folks are disconnected. And when the family is together, everyone's on their own individual devices. Making one small change, like when we're eating, we're not going to have devices out. 
actually, that's probably a pretty big change for a lot of people, you know, or if it's, I know it's, it's not great to watch TV while eating, but if the alternative is instead of us all being on our separate screens, we're going to watch one show together, then at least you're interacting together. That's a very different screen experience. Ideally, we'd all be in a situation where we can have a nice home cooked meal together every night around the dinner table. But unfortunately, that's that's a really hard thing to make happen. I think doing that once a week is an excellent goal. And then maybe twice a week and, and seeing how that affects everybody. So trying little things and then tracking it. If it doesn't work for you and it just adds more stress, then forget it. But if it ends up being something that's worthwhile, then I think that's a really nice way to uh, have those interactions aside from the screen. And that helps reduce some of that isolation. Yeah, I think those are great. Thank you. Yeah, I've worked with some some teens in early 20s and seen kind of, they do seem withdrawn. And yet when I've asked, because they were, they work at a summer camp and they're, mm-hmm. they say, but we love it that we don't have our phones. And it almost surprises them that, I mean, it's by necessity that they are not on their phone all day. And then they just, right. they can see what's possible and how they can interact and they all say, well, we make real friend friends here. And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it makes sense because you're not, you're not pulling yourself out of the present moment constantly to see what someone's doing somewhere else or worrying about right. what someone else is doing or whatever. So yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Are there some other things that you all are working on that you just can't wait to share about or, or things yeah. happening that you feel like are really important and need to be out there? Well, one other podcast I'd really love to mention is our newest one, which is called Living Beyond Pain. And it's a short podcast. It's a short series of just nine episodes where we have, again, experts in the military MVA health system talk with fantastic psychologist named Captain Captain Tracy Began. She interviews all these experts on just various different aspects of pain management for chronic pain. And it's a phenomenal podcast. It's short and conversational. You know, we're talking 15, 20 minutes, not a huge uh, amount of time required. But uh, in this short series, folks can learn more about chronic pain management, but also their families and friends can learn too, which is really useful because chronic pain is one of those areas that's not really well understood. I think individuals who have chronic pain issues, oh my gosh, you're thinking about it every single day. But It's difficult to know how to support your loved ones with chronic pain, and it's difficult to try different methods of managing chronic pain. So in this podcast, you get to hear from the legit experts who have years and years of research experience and practice. We're talking about like some of the top names in the VA and military. Uh, Chronic pain is a big issue for us, but of course, it's a huge issue for civilians as well. So this is one of those podcasts that I feel like, okay, now that we've made this podcast, my work here is done. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to keep going. But I, it's definitely like probably one of the best things I've ever gotten to work on. So I, I'm really thrilled about it. And I hope people check it out and benefit from it. it it's just a, a phenomenal resource. So that's called Living Beyond Pain. And you'll know when you look at the logo because it's just a little blue guy with a heart like 
hands up in the air. It's a very oh. joyful image. <laughs> That's awesome. And I will link up to this and the other podcasts you've mentioned in the show notes. Um, oh, thank you. I definitely want to go check them all out myself. Is there anything else you would like to add about your work and what you do? I have a couple last questions after that, but anything else that you would love to add? Well, I would just like to encourage folks to consider uh, working within the DOD and the Defense Health Agency. You know, there's lots of roles for civilians. Uh, it's not just military service members, and it's phenomenal. I, I just think it's a great organization, and we've got a phenomenal mission. And when you're working together with a team of people who are there because of the ultimate outcome, it's not just to make a company money, right? We're all doing this because we want to help humans. Uh, it, it makes for, for just a great working environment. Uh, then my last question is, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? Oh, I love this question. So three. Um, okay, well, the first one is just indulge your hobbies. Like a lot of us have outside interests that maybe are never going to make you money or make you famous. But if it brings you joy, go for it. Because first of all, yay, hobbies are awesome. But two, you never know how it's going to fit into your career. So for example, podcasting, mm -hmm. I started making my own ridiculous comedy podcast on my own. And then after learning the ups and downs of podcasting, then brought it into my work. Mm -hmm. So that hobby has really come to fruition. Other of my weird hobbies haven't. So for example, I also do balloon animals, which I'll be doing at our organizational summer party. But other than that, not a lot of use for that in my current job, but you never know. So I got to keep those skills alive. That's one big one is just indulge your hobbies, go for it. You don't need to justify your time on your hobbies to anyone else. Two would be, gosh, I don't know, learn how to bake bread. That's a really good one. I guess that fits mm -hmm. into the hobbies, but you, bread is always delicious. Third, I'll stick with the hobby theme here, quilting. Not enough quilters out there. And quilts are a really good present because uh, they last for decades. And especially now that there's fewer quilters out there, it's a really sought after skill. So quilting, I think is, is the big one. I probably should have gone with something more psychologically focused. But I, I think handicrafts and bread baking and hobbies are kind of fit into that and wellness and, and self care. I think so too. Yeah, there's something to be said when you can just kind of I don't know, doing something with your hands is so satisfying. Like just oh, it yeah. can let you go into the zone of just being like present. And yeah, I totally agree. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been such a treat. Oh my gosh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. And thanks to all your listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website, and you'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So 
I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.